Drinking podcast. I'm Ben, and this week I'm joined by Adol. Hello. Hey, dude. We're not joined by Alex this week because he's off on a holiday, gallivanting mm. around drinking lovely beers in Scotland. Which hopefully we will hear more about. Um, definitely. Next week. Yes, yes. However, we've got some lovely beers to drink. That is true. Um, this week, the first beer I'm going to drink is a Harbour India Pale Ale. Oh, you're starting with an IPA, eh? Yeah, I've got two IPAs this week. Mm, fair so enough. So I'm just starting with the slightly lighter one, because the other one is the Sierra Nevada Torpedo, which oh. is an extra IPA. So I thought it's not quite a double IPA, but an extra IPA? An extra IPA, not, not quite a double. Is that because Sierra Nevada just has the regular IPAs and this one was lying around? <laughs> quite possibly. Yeah been there for ages um i'm drinking uh from gahan brewery which is uh pei uh prince edward island um sir john a's honey wheat ale uh sir john a mcdonald being the first prime minister of canada and this is election week uh here in canada where Mm -hmm. hopefully we will end the conservative uh pseudo dictatorship that's been going on for 10 years um so i thought why not celebrate democracy in canada with the smallest Excellent. provinces first prime minister beer quality quality so this week we're going to chat about a few games to you and um we haven't got a topic as such however we've been playing the star wars battlefront beta so we're going to have a bit of a discussion about that and quite possibly um put it over the top of um some gameplay footage so Check that out once it's gone up. Um, how's your beer? I you just poured it. I just poured it. Um, it is... Uh, I don't know if you can see. As you can see, it's mm-hmm. uh, quite carbonated. Yeah. Uh, it's also pretty much honey-coloured. Yeah, very similar to, to the Harbour uh, IPA that I've got. Uh, the, the nose is sweet. Touch mm. of malt. I was going to say exactly the same thing about this. <laughs> mm. It's quite sweet. This is quite nice. It's very light. It's got a little hoppy taste, a little bit of bitterness, but not, not a massive amount. Oh, wow. A little um, sweetness. Uh, this has almost, this has no hops. Really? Um, I mean, it probably has hops, but no hops. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a wheat ale, right? Yep. Um, it's actually not that sweet. For a honey, okay. I mean, I it's sweet, but like it's not sickingly sweet. Um, mm. The first taste you get is a little bit, of, just a little bit of sweetness, and then it um, smooths out. Um, I don't even know what that is. It uh, it leaves a slight drying in the uh, aftertaste, which is mm-hmm. suboptimal. Although it does make me want to take more sips to continue yeah, I, to put it off. Strangely, this this harbor uh, IPA. It's almost exactly what you're describing as well. It's got a little <laughs> bit of dryness at the end. You sort of want another sip straight away. There's a slight bit of sweetness on the nose, but not so much in the um, in the taste. Um, but I think it, this Harbour one's maybe a little bit more hoppy than you're describing. I'm sort of getting getting that a little bit more in this. Um, well, that should not be surprising given the wheat versus uh, Indian pale. Mm. Um, it's also uh, very carbonated. Um, but there's, yeah, uh, it's, it tastes like a wheat ale, um, nice. it's nothing, hmm, there's something going on with that right before that drying aftertaste, which is quite tasty and, and kind of unique, I can't really compare it, I'm not like Alex where I can pick up notes, but I can't, I can't actually find a beer in my mental catalog yeah. that sort of um matches to this it, it's quite good um i could have a, a few of these uh on a warm day mm, mm. i think i take that back a fall day yeah um, yeah i suppose this is these are this is very similar this is one that i could have a, a few uh, you yeah, have a few of them on a uh 
on a day that's my cat in the background because he's been shut out of a room being a dick. Go away. Um, he's now being allowed into the room. Um, so I suppose I'll start um, with a Metal Gear Solid Five update. Um, the last time we spoke, I didn't really know very much about replaying missions, um, but I went along and replayed a couple of the main story missions again, um, right. trying to get a better rank, do it in a better time, get some of the um, achievements for some of the missions and things. Um, but it turns out that um, with regard to building Mother Base, the, the meta game where you're collecting soldiers to be able to then send them out on missions and get them to um, make some money for you and build resources and things to make your mother base larger. If you go into a replay mission, you can take um, extra people. It's it's not sort of based in realism in any way. It is sort of purely game as such right. that you can you can come back and take these people from a previous event that you have done. There's no sort of timeline. Do you have to re? What if you don't on the second run through don't save someone that you did the first time? Um, so with some of the missions, you have to save certain people. You can or eliminate certain people, right? And you can either, um, if it's sort of um, saving a prisoner, you would have to extract them in some way, and that progresses the story because you get information from them to be able to open up the next mission. So I suppose if you don't extract that prisoner, the story can't continue, and you would fail it as such. Whereas if you're taking out um, uh, an enemy or a commander or something like that, you can add them to your um, army. You can get them back to your mother base. Right. Or you can eliminate them. So one of the missions that I replayed, um, the first time around I'd extracted him and he'd joined my mother base. Whereas the second time I played through that mission, I eliminated him instead. Right. So that didn't have any bearing, you know, he wasn't suddenly gone from my mother base. That wasn't then the huh. updated timeline sort of thing. It's, it is the really most just, forgiving timeline, basically. Yes, yeah, yeah. So it is you're replaying that mission, but it will give you the best outcome, I think. So hmm. if you start extracting people, and uh, I seem to find that you would, so when I, I did a mission sort of early in game, Mm-hmm. Everybody's stats or the the enemy's stats for each each um, NPC was uh, very low, so they were sort of D C ranked in various um, stats. Okay. Um, whereas when I've gone back to do some of the missions, some of their stats have increased. So not everyone is better, but there'll be maybe two or three people which have maybe A or A plus stats. So you know people that maybe you want to extract. Um, and I've progressed the story quite far. I'm now in Act 2. Oh! Um, so I put a few hours into it, about 50% of the way through the game. Um, but I, I did read somewhere um, that there was a lot of complaint with Metal Gear that it seemed very unfinished. Like there was a lot of missions that didn't seem like they'd been put in, that within Act 2 there's a lot of repeti- uh, repetition. And I found that some of the missions are do exactly the same mission from Act 1, but on an extreme mode, or on a stealth-only mode, or on a weapons, uh, procure weapons on site sort of mode. So it's basically throwing the same mission at you, but making it slightly harder. They're, they're optional. You don't have to do those, even though they are main story missions as such. Wait, the main story missions are optional? So you get um, missions and then side ops. So missions, so far, through Act 1, I have had to do to progress the story. It's, it's given me maybe two or three to be able to pick from. Right. You have to do all of them to progress the story. Whereas now, in Act 2, I'll get, say, mission 35 and 36 will be you know, mission 8 and 9 from uh, Act 1 on a harder setting. But it doesn't seem like I have to do those. There are other story missions. And I've just been hitting those and progressing through those and not bothering with these... Um, repeated missions yet so Hmm. it might come to a point where it says actually you do have to try and do all of these but I haven't progressed that far to know if that's a a thing at the moment so I'm still enjoying it it's still a very good game but it's a little repetitive now oh that's really unfortunate so the story is from last week you told us um, the story was flimsier and now you're saying the story is also you're, you're, 
in no way encouraged to do all of it. Well, so I suppose that doesn't... I don't know whether it, it gives you any sort of extra story elements to go back and do the same mission again uh, on a harder mode as such. Um, but I, ha- I did find that towards the end of Act 1... Um, I was. I didn't have a choice of missions to play out. I would have to do mission, say, 26, and then mission 27, then mission 28. And I was getting a lot of cutscenes and a lot of story in between each of those. And it was dragging me back to Mother Base rather than allowing me to free roam around the, um, around the area, doing lots of things and sort of picking missions as and when to do. Um, so it did start to give me a bit more story. And when Act 2 started you had a little montage of what was going to happen through Act 2. didn't give a huge amount away. Um, and it seems that within Act 2, there is a bit more story. I'm being pulled back to Mother Base a lot more to have little cutscenes in between missions. So it almost seems like the open world nature is still there, but they've then started to push a bit more story into it. Hmm. So, so we shall see. Fair I, think, enough. I, I think I'm still a, a long way off from uh, completing it. I think I'll still be playing it for a while. But. Fair enough. I think um, uh, mostly because I'll be uh, going uh, back to Calgary for a week. Um, mm. um, so my gaming will be... Any gaming I'll do, which is probably not a lot, um, will either will be on the PSP or my laptop. And I think I'm going to focus on the PSP mm-hmm. because I've uh, ever since... I only did the first two missions on Metal Gear Solid 1 Yeah. Um, months and months ago, and I'd like to f- go back to it, especially because you keep talking about it. Yeah. Um, so I think I'm going to try to play that as my game of choice. And uh, one of the games I played this week, which is uh, an old um, PSN game, which I got for free mm-hmm. on uh, PlayStation Plus months ago, called Counter Spy. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. I really, really enjoy that game. So uh, I don't think we've talked about it. I think I've mentioned it, but only very briefly. Yeah. It's a sort of cartoony, stealth, covery shooter, mm. 2.5D in that yeah, it's mostly almost. a 2D side-scrolling with a 3D environment, like 3D rendered. Um, but you do have some depth because you can, at certain points, hide behind obstacles by hitting circle, and then you're able to... Um, aim in the different areas so if you mm-hmm. just walk down a hall it's 2d and your aiming will just be sort of up and down and then if mm-hmm. you're hiding behind an obstacle suddenly you're viewing the room from a 3d space yeah and um and then you could you have to do the standard shooter left stick scroll the yeah, thing i yeah. suck balls at and why i continue going back to the mouse um uh so that's given me some practice on, on um Sorry, I said left stick. Obviously, I meant right stick. This is what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah. Uh, but basically, it's Cold War. Um, you've got procedurally generated maps. The idea is to... Um, you can either play domestic missions or foreign missions. Mm-hmm. Uh, the foreign missions are trying to collect the launch plans of the Russians so you can... Launch codes so you can stop their um, missiles. Uh and there's so in the meta game you're basically collecting I can't remember what uh, I've only been playing Russian missions because I want more gear rather than money I can't remember what happens what are you trying to do in the um, so you're you're American basically side? trying to avert a nuclear war between two countries that they don't very specifically don't call um, the USA and right. Russia they're called something slightly different but uh, although you get a very realistic world map yeah and the two countries are. <laughs> Yes. In exactly the position of the USA and you, Russia. So that you basically, you're at a different DEFCON level depending on how well mm-hmm. you do the mission. Um, yeah. And if and you're you can, seen by a, a, an enemy that raises the DEFCON, can raise the DEFCON level, you have a certain um, period of time to, uh, or, or the longer that you don't take these people out and don't complete the um, level that you're in, um, by hitting the the button at the end, the faster your um, DEFCON level will go up. And if right. you get to DEFCON 5, perhaps, that's when you get game over, basically, because yeah. they have launched the nukes. Because you, as the spy, have been spotted, and so mm-hmm. you are now breaking international law, presumably, and so they find that as an act four, and then they attack. But yeah. the metagame also has a DEFCON level. Mm-hmm. 
and I can't remember how you would bring that down. Is that you can bring that down? You can do that through. Um, you can use little perks, right? Which will which will bring your death con level down at the start of a mission. Um, during missions as well, you can hold up um, officers or generals, right. slightly higher ranking people, and they will bring your death con level and down you do as well that by in just mission. Aiming your gun at them, basically. Yes, yeah. yeah, and not killing them. They will run off and lower the, the DEF CON level yeah. for you, and then presumably don't tell anyone that you're there and go and hide. What, what I like about it is um, it's stealth uh, sight mechanics, but if you creep up, so if you sort of go diagonal down, you mm-hmm. will be crouched on walking yep. forward, and then you won't be heard foot, football wise. You hit square. And do a stealth kill for more points. Points equal money to buy yeah, gear. Yeah. But also, if you manage, if you like me, um, let go of the down a little too quickly, they'll hear your last footsteps and they'll start to turn. But you can hammer on it anyway, and yeah. you'll do a karate chop to the neck and just, like you judo chop them, and they crumple. And you get less points, but you still haven't wasted a bullet because uh, you can't pick up ammunition really in mm. that game. You can hold up to four weapons. Uh, one of mine's a silenced pistol, but you can only yep. have a certain amount of shots with it, and so mm-hmm. you can't just go through using the silencer. At some point, you'll run out of bullets. Yeah. So you have to sort of pick, um, pick your your weapon carefully. For example, if you're in an empty room but the door is covered by a camera, uh, the camera spotting you counts as well. You shouldn't be using a silenced pistol to blow up the camera. That's just a yeah, waste of your true. premium bullet. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, I just. I find it really fun, and even if um, it the it, all level doesn't take that long. No, no, they don't. Um, not so. So you get this nice sense of continuity because there's the meta game going on, which um is reasonable. Like it's it's a it's strategy. Uh, you so I tried to ask this earlier, and then we got distracted. If you're if you do a mission in Russia. Mm-hmm. So you, you hit the right arrow and go to the red country, because I can't remember what the red country is called, so I'm going to call it Russia, um, which even, which is actually also wrong, because it would be the USSR if I was like... Yeah, that, probably, right? yeah. So, I think it's very 60s set, isn't it? Yes, that's the other thing. And the music's great in sound yeah, effects. It's, nice it's, grainy effect on some yeah. of the uh, menus and screens, yeah. But um, anyway. there you collect weapon plans, and, like so blueprints for weapons is the, the, the item pickup you're looking for, so you can mm-hmm. build new weapons. And then you're also looking for their launch codes. Yeah, so I think with the US, you also look for launch codes, and that allows you to um, basically build up. Um, so between each mission, you've maybe got to pick up four or five blueprints to create. So you, you, you yeah, in the metagame, you then build up through different levels. Um, right. And then Russia may allow you to pick up two of these, and the U.S. mission may allow you to pick up three of these. Um, so you can jump between the two of them, uh, and the DEFCON level for each country is different as well, I seem to remember. Yeah. So if your DEFCON level is quite high with Russia, you might then go over to do some of the American missions. Um, but I think with America, you can pick up perks and... And money. Money, yeah. You, you get no money, really, from Russia, which is yeah. hilarious. Um, but yeah, I just couldn't remember what what the the gimmick was for the blue missions. Mm. Mm. But no, yeah, that's a it's a very good game. You playing it on PlayStation Three? Uh, PlayStation Three and the Vita. And nice. what's nice is it it automatically syncs. Yeah, that's good. Including uh, I um, I didn't really feel like finishing a level. I just stopped it on the PS Three. Mm-hmm. Forgot I was playing it. Uh, did some more cleaning around the house and getting ready to leave. Um, and uh, I turned on the Vita, and it put me right back in the level. Quality, nice. But, I mean, not that level, sorry, not that procedurally generated level where I was standing, but it started Mm. me in a procedurally procedurally generated map in place of the other one. Okay. If that makes sense. So, like, um, so I was on a Russian mission exactly where I was before. I don't have any progress saved, but I'm it, it didn't put me back to the main screen. It put me in the mission. Like, you can't... Yeah, yeah. If you're like, oh, I kind of wanted to do a blue mission, you can't do that, which I like. Yeah. It's, it's a good nice. balance you, you, between... You made your choice, and you will you will see it through as such. Yeah, so uh, I really like that game. Uh, I think it's a really good Vita game. 
Although, mm. seeing it on the big screen, uh, the graphics are actually quite good big as well. Yeah. I'm curious what it looks like on the PS4. It's nice. It's nice on the PS4. Um, the, big, the only thing I really um, dislike on the Vita version is the loading time for the level okay. is much longer. Mm-hmm. Which makes sense. Like on, on the PS3, 20 seconds to load the map versus closer to 44. 45 on the Vita? Really, I think on the, the, the PS4 it's shorter than that. I think it's only, you're looking at sort of like 10 seconds maybe. Which makes Not sense. Not even that, I don't think. But, um, I, yeah, I yeah, might I be exaggerating the 20 seconds and probably yeah. I'm exaggerating the 45, but it's, it feels like double. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, you sort of expect that, I suppose, with the computational power of each machine. But... Well, but the thing is, it plays identical. It looks great. Like, yeah. I, I'm, I can't really complain about the loading time when it's not a dumbed-down version. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is a simple network game, but still. Yeah. Anyway, that's uh, that's the first game I was going to talk about. Nice. Um, I suppose I, as we're talking about a, a, a previous PS Plus game, I will rattle off um, last month's PS Plus games because I've delved into the four that were available on um, PlayStation Four. No, no, you've played one of them as well. Um, the first two that came out last month were Zeo Drifter mm. and Tesla Grad. Um, they're both Castlevania-esque uh, or, or sort of Metroidvania-style um, 2D side-scrolling platformers. Um, you've got a lot of backtracking between the uh, the sort of the missions. You've got a lot of power-ups and things you can go and get, and then right. reach different levels. Um, Zeo Drifter is a pixelated um, sort of sci-fi space-based game, and Tesla Grad is a very Nicely hand drawn, more um, hand drawn or associated. It could be. Um, I don't remember. I, all I can, oh, I'm just picturing Zeo Drifter in my head now. <laughs> <laughs> well, why don't you tell me a uh, little? It's more, more of a about... Soviet style um, game. So I assume it's um, Nikolai. The, the further through you get, there's something based. I would imagine to Tesla, and it's in some Soviet. Grad City. Grad City. Um, and That's where got... all the graduates go, which is yeah, where is, you'll see is. Dustin Hoffman. Both of them are nice games, but they didn't sort of hold my attention for a, a huge amount of time. Zeo drifted a little bit more because um, there were a few boss battles in that, and they're quite um, nice. They're, they're quite simple mechanically to um, to work out. Zeo Drift is a, it seems a little bit more simple than maybe Tesla Grad is. Um, because Teslagrad has a bit more um, puzzle sort of elements to it. Um, but both were nice games. But if they weren't PS Plus games, I don't think I would have played them. Which I think is the sort of the niche of PS Plus. See, like they're, at least for the past, maybe just because, I was going to say summer drought, but that doesn't make sense because they're giving the games away. Mm. Um, but... Uh, sorry, I lost my train of thought. Um, <laughs> it seems like that's what they're going for, is the sort of, maybe this will generate some word of mouth and sell some uh, sell some less known games. Yeah, yeah, Rather possibly. than, uh, in the Xbox Live world, uh, for most of the summer, you've been getting, like, old AAA titles. Mm-hmm. Which sort of is more like a rewardy thing. Yeah, I know they did, uh, Xbox did uh, Black Flag. A few months ago, I think. Yep, and they did uh, the definitive version of Tomb Raider. Mm. Tomb Raider. Sorry. Yeah. I just yeah. felt like the I reboot, needed to say something. Yeah. yeah. It does seem like there should be something else after that, but yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, one of the other um, PS Plus games from last month I played, which was um, the game that people through August were able to vote for, uh, was Grow Home. Oh, I've heard really good things about that game. And I, that's probably the one that I played the most of. I've not completed it. I, I don't know how far through it I am. But it is a uh, a 3D... How do you describe it? It's like, it is a platformer, I suppose. You are a robot. And you have to um, get a plant to grow from the uh, island that you jump down on all the way up to your spaceship. So it's oh, sort of I a vertical see. platformer game. Um, and to be able to get this plant to grow, you have to scale it to get onto one of its limbs 
to then allow that to grow into um, floating rocks of energy. <laughs> and then the, the, the main plant will grow further and further up. Um, the, the nice thing about it is that the way you control the robot itself is you, you obviously move around with the left stick, but you there's a lot of climbing involved. So you use L1 and R1 to um, grasp and hold on with each hand. So oh. you can climb up by tapping L1 and R1. Oh, that's really uh, cool. Yeah, and if you sort of jump off of things, so you've also got jump, you've got a couple of uh, elements where you can pick up a flower, and if you jump through the air and then bang triangle, he'd get his flower out and use it almost as a, a Mary Poppins-esque umbrella to slow his descent. Ah, uh, that's not Mary Poppins. Glide. She could fly with hers. Oh, maybe she could. She's a bit cleverer, yeah. possibly. A bit more magical than just a little robot. She's, she's also, around. I think, the first cinematic usage of a bag of holding. <laughs> Quite possibly. <laughs> nice. Just pulls out a coat stand. Yeah. Loads of stuff. Don't see any coat stands in Skyrim, do you? No. You also don't have a bag of holding, though, to be fair. You have limits. That's true. Yeah, yeah that's very true. That's very true. Um, but yeah, Grow Home is probably the nicest of the, the, the or the, the best of the four games that I played. How um, is uh, the visual style? How did you find that? So, um, it's polygonal. Polygonal? Polygonal? I think polygonal. Polygonal oh. sounds like um, you're Polygamist doing things with yeah, multiple polygons. Yeah. Um, it's nice. It, it's very colourful. Um, it, it like there's barely any low tide. It's all one um, map as such, so there is no low tide right. really between it. Um, it's very basic, but it, it is very colourful. It's very nice. It's very uh, pleasing. It's got some very nice lighting effects. So there's a day and night cycle. Um, so it's, it doesn't really change how you move through, but it changes your um, or what you can see based on sort of light levels and things, which is which is very nice. Um, uh, I guess um, how's the difficulty level then? So it's not very difficult. I mentioned to Kim as I was playing it that this would be a very good game for kids. Um, it's very simple. The um, mechanics of you know just banging R1 and L1 to be able to climb or grab onto things. You move around with the left stick. You've got X to jump. Um, and uh, later, if you collect um, crystals, it upgrades you to have a like a rocket pack, so you can jump and hold it down, and you can boost very slightly for like a slightly higher jump. Right. Um, you've got the the full mechanic with the flower and a glide mechanic with a leaf a bit later on when you've upgraded some, uh, and it, it's very simple. So yeah, I, I it's very easy to play really, hmm. uh, but it doesn't seem like a very long game. I've not put a huge amount of time in it, maybe half an hour or an hour, and I, I'm based upon what I can see from the uh, the map and how far I've made this plant grow. I'm probably about halfway through it. So okay, because uh, yeah, I, I know the critics really called it. Uh... Uh, an excellent action game, um, and I guess well, it you're sounds doing more actions. like a platformer than an action game. Yeah, yeah, you, you you do actions, but you do actions in a platformer. I would I would call it. <laughs> I think platform. if you call if you say an action game isn't a game in which you do actions, <laughs> you've now just, just called it a game. Yeah, yeah, very uh, true. In all games, you uh, perform actions. Here's really. a call out to our um, to our listeners. Please tweet us at tankedup underscore cast if you can think of a game that doesn't fit into this definition of action games. <laughs> um, excellent. That sounds good. Um, it is. Um, and I, the, the, the fourth game, which is one that I know you've played as well, is uh, Super Time Force Ultra. Right. Which I really didn't get on with. I have to admit, I did the tutorials. Hmm. That's it. That's all I did. Oh, really? Okay. So I <laughs> That's why when I said I played it briefly, I mean, uh, yeah. I, I saw the mechanics. Uh, I started the first level or whatever, but I just... Yeah. I don't know, because usually weird, like, I liked Braid. Uh, it's So, uh, I guess, do you want to give us a quick rundown? Uh, yeah, so it's a, um, a side-scrolling shooter. Um, very basic. In that, you know, you um, move through the level, there's a little bit of um, jumping to get over obstacles, but it's mostly shooting enemies. Um, you have a, um, I can't remember what the shoot button is, but if you hold it down, you then do a, a larger it's shot a or a, a, a super shot as such. Um, but it has an element of um, being able to rewind time or stopping time, and whilst you're rewinding time, 
you can bring in another character or a duplicate of your character to make attacks more powerful. Um, Some levels have time limits on, so you need to be able to progress through this level uh, quickly enough, but you'll have an obstacle in front of you which will take maybe three characters to be able to get through. So you need to get up to it, rewind time, bring someone else in to be able to all shoot this at the same sort of time. Uh, And that's the part of the game I really didn't get on with. Yeah, Um, I found I I didn't. I also thought that's what I would like about the game. This idea that you can. But I guess my problem was this idea that I can always rewind time and put another guy in. And I haven't played the game, so I don't know if it solves all the problems of just putting like 50 of the guy with the big gun, the warrior type class or fighter. mm, Gunner. Gunner, that's the word I'm looking for. Gunner, yeah. Um, versus, so there's the gunner, there's the girl who's the sniper because she couldn't possibly do something, you know, close. Uh, but <laughs> I did like, I, I really enjoyed that her sniping bullets ricocheted. Like her, yes, yeah, they bounced Her around. two powers were ricochet, and then her charge, like her bullets just automatically ricochet, and if you charge, they go through walls and, and yep. ceilings, which I really liked. And then there's mm-hmm. the shield guy who can create a temporary protective shield for a while, yep. or... I think it, uh, it ricochets bullets back at people, yeah, doesn't it? Yeah, uh, but I can't remember what his other pseudo power was. But like he, uh, t- maybe it's because I'm just not a defensive strategic player. But he was pretty forgettable to me. He is. You're, I mean, you're forced to do all three characters during the tutorial, aren't you? Yeah, and I just didn't. So I think that's probably what turned it off for me. Actually, was that one spot where you had to shoot through a wall, but you had to spawn all three characters. Mm. Um. And I tried, I went back and tried it again by spawning like four of the gunner, and that worked yeah. fine too. Like it told you spawn one of each and destroy the, the wall or whatever. But you could just as easily just use the gunner all the time and just make yeah. more and more and more of them. Um, and I'm sure the developers have certain points and certain levels, some level design which won't let you just outgun everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just, it because it's quote-unquote unlimited it just the concept when i saw that i was just like i assumed it would make me bring up to the three of them but the cloning side really rubbed me the wrong way conceptually and i just didn't seem to want to play and i it's rare that a gameplay mechanic especially one that's sort of novel Mm. um turns me off like that i was really sort of shocked in retrospect at how i just didn't care yeah yeah, definitely. It's got. I mean, it's got a very nice art style. Um, it's very tongue in cheek with its story, which I quite liked. It's very comedic. Um, the the movement of the characters, comedic, and the animations, but I think are nice. Works. Mm, mm. But yeah, mechanically wise, yeah, I just didn't get on with it very well. Yeah, and uh, again, uh, I slowing down time and changing time is is a thing that uh, I, I've liked for a while. In fact. Mm-hmm. Uh, unless do you have other uh, things to say about Super Time Force? No, not really. Yeah, then I, I think can I segue that to uh, the game I played the most this week? Yeah, definitely. Uh, that's a little game uh, called Max Payne One. Ooh, oh man, that's such a good game. I know. I first of all, I have the Steam version, and it is a fucking bitch. Really? To get working. Oh. It doesn't work in so the Steam download on a modern machine, Windows Seven and up, modern machine yep. will have no sound. Wow! Uh, it'll also uh, not play full screen, especially at higher resolutions. That's um, odd. So the through Google fooing. Um, uh, there are people, it's, it, it been, it's apparently been like this for years, so there's a sound patch fix mm-hmm. you can download, and you just, a quick Google or a search through the Steam forums will get you this uh, little batch file, which converts every sound file to one that can get interpreted correctly by the operating system. Yeah. That is to say, something that should be updated by the fucking developer. Uh, and so I, and then I got sound, but then... 
I could get it in widescreen, fine. I get that it wasn't coded where in yep. the standard 169, 1610 uh, life. So is it in 4.3? Uh, sort of. You, yeah, but um, it gives you, by default, it gives you the options of whatever is available. It just doesn't, mm -hmm. won't go full screen in those. Right. Period. Uh, so someone whipped up a mod that's literally just the widescreen of the HUD. Yeah. So that kind of worked, except it wouldn't... At higher resolutions, you still can't full screen. <laughs> um, so It sounds like you've had massive problems with this. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, it was a pain. But I've... <laughs> Sorry. It was a max pain. Um, it wasn't, actually. Uh, GTA V was what I wanted to play this week, and it shit the bed again. Yeah. Uh, so I had to uninstall the entire thing and reinstall it. Um, so Hours. Yeah, it was ridiculous. Uh, the PC version's fun. All I really yep. wanted to do was on the projector at night ride a motorcycle in first-person mode because it's that's probably my favorite thing to do in that game. It is mm -hmm. fun and it makes you seriously tense. But I couldn't do that until a few days ago, a couple days, because yep. I, and then I did it for five minutes. Was like I don't care about this game anymore. <laughs> uh, but Max Payne was also a trial. Um, it's uh, yeah, it, but it's such a great game that I went yeah. through it and was glad um, that I got to play it again. I'm now about halfway through. Mm -hmm. I've done the baby level. Nice. Um, the one thing about the widescreen mode is, you no, know, um, in the baby level, those are those are hallways. Yep. Sorry, the nightmare level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the baby level because the baby the cries all the time. Tory nightmare level. Yeah. yeah. Um, and you walk through a wall, a uh, hallway, and it elongates mm -hmm. because it wasn't coded for widescreen. You get weird clipping artifacts uh, on the left and right. And you're nice. like, oh, I see what the actual as coded aspect ratio is because everything <laughs> looks normal within this range and then it gets all fucked up but other than that the widescreen mod was really good and it let me full screen to something that approached that looked fine on the wall mm -hmm. um and and it's great it is a fun fucking game it is only, it I'm is playing it on hard because i don't have an old saved game so i can't play it on fugitive or whatever the x like, yeah it's one of those games which um you have to play it through on normal or hard, and then you unlock a harder, and then you unlock a harder, mm -hmm. which I think is the hardest. Um, it's, it's nice that they do. I, I quite like games that do that because it gives you that replayability, but it also, you know, you could very easily jump into the hardest mode, not be able to do it very well, get really frustrated with it, and stop playing. Whereas if you play on a slightly, not easy, well, slightly easier difficulty than the hardest mode, then it allows you to become accustomed to the mechanics, to the game, to how it, it runs right. and how it works, to then jump back in and so, be able to play on a, on a much harder difficulty. So when you mentioned Metal Gear Solid's repeat submissions, mm. it immediately reminded me of this idea of sort of looping the game, but it makes so much more sense to encourage replayability of missions with a harder difficulty that's unlocked. Mm. So you can't start it. Like, you have to play it through once. Yeah. Just like everyone else, and then challenge yourself. But to make that part of the main storyline, mm. um, like introducing the handicaps like that is just awkward. Yeah, yeah. It, it seems very shoehorned in. Uh, almost Unfinished. like it was, it was, yeah, like it was released a year before it probably should have been. There would have been other missions in place of that and there would have been a different way of accessing previous missions on a more that, uh, on a harder setting possibly so last week we talked about last konami yes and then we had our little um then they had their press release between when we recorded and when we posted oh but, i know where this is going uh so but it still does seem given your comments on the missions that mm. um to me, it feels like the budget went over. Uh, Kojima doesn't have the clout he, do, he does anymore because mobile games are more mo make them more money for less yep. effort. Yep. And so they said, fuck this, finish the game. Yeah, yeah. 
and then they finish the game using this repeat mechanic that you're talking mm-hmm. about, design mechanic. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, and that soured the relationship, and it didn't get better with Silent Hill, presumably because I tried to do the same thing. That's sort of the background story that seems most likely to me. Yeah, yeah, it does, it does. Um, and and to, it, it almost seems that Metal Gear is going the way of Silent Hills because a trademark has been established for a big boss game which is quite possibly a pachinko machine. So, uh, I didn't want to steal your thunder on that one. Oh, no, man. That's right. Uh, but there isn't a trailer yet. Um, no, that's so true. if you are still curious, um, the as far as I know, the only AAA franchise pachinko game trailer is Silent Hill. <laughs> it's the only one I've ever seen. Um, we could see in the next few months a Metal Gear Big Boss trailer for a pachinko machine. Yeah. Japan's an odd place. It is. Or at least um, it's odder than my dining room <laughs> where I live. So. Uh, but you do have a yelling cat. That's very true. That's very true. Um, so anyway, the, the, so if you haven't played Max Payne 1, yes. play the fuck out of Max Payne 1. Mm. It is bullet time is fantastic. It is the first real use of bullet time, and it is also the most effective use of bullet time I've seen, including Max Payne Two, mm. etc. It and the story is a comic, literally a comic. It's comic panels, uh, and it's a silly noir. Yep. Uh, the whole thing takes place. Detective story. Yeah, uh, yeah, a noir detective story that takes place basically over one night, and. It's ludicrous, and it's written so well. The voice mm. acting is spot on, because yep. the voice actors talk through their speech bubbles, etc. And it's just satisfying. And it's not super easy. Like, I I do the the shame gaming a tactic of uh, quick saving and then quick reloading, um, just because yeah. I'm not that great, and I really, really am just playing... For the experience, I think it's my third run through of the game, okay. start to finish, if not my fourth. Um, and so I don't really want to replay the entire level because of some sort of gamer code of ethics. Yeah. Um, so I just hit F five, and if I, especially if I've had trouble with the spot, and I end up coming through with, I basically say, I'll hit F five if I have half health and went through a set piece. Mm-hmm. Where a set piece is a, a chunk of enemies. Yeah. yeah. Nice. That's fair, man. Um, I suppose before we move on to our discussion about the Star Wars Battlefront beta, I shall briefly discuss the game I probably played the most over the last couple of weeks. Um, But we shall open up beers number two. So I'm going to drink a Sierra Nevada Torpedo Extra IPA. It's a beer I've had before, but it's excellent. So we haven't had it on the podcast, so I thought I'd drink it. So, Alex will cry because he likes this beer. But, I, oh, well, he's not here. He's on holiday. Having a good time. Yeah. Uh, I've got a Boxing Rock, uh, another Boxing Rock beer. Uh, I've talked about a bunch. Shelburne, Nova Scotia. It is the Vickers Cross. Okay. It is a double IPA, not Ooh. merely an extra, uh, which means it is also comes in, as you can see. How big do you think this bottle is? It looks like a 500ml bottle. No, because... Uh, because they want to give you that extra bit, it is a 650 mil bottle. Okay. <laughs> at 8.5 percent. Ooh, nice. So if things get a little sloppy. Yeah. Well, the uh, the the Sierra Nevada torpedo comes in at uh, 355 mil and is only 7.2. So possibly they've decided that uh, double IPA is well, more that's than 7.2, which is exactly which is why it's only an extra. Um. um very dark in color, very amber. Uh, can I see? Do you mind? You certainly can. Yes. Oh, so Only it's, can see. it's got good clarity versus you can see that the mm. Vickers crosses. Well, I guess that's a lot of reflections. It's very cloudy. It is. Um, but not in that sort of. Uh, last week, I think you guys had that cloudy beer that Alex said looked like a homebrew. Yep. A poorly made homebrew. 
This is uniformly cloudy. Like, it doesn't have that sort of sedimenty vibe yeah. to it. Yeah. Uh, it is not as uh, heady as the, or carbonated as the Sir John A's. Uh, it's still generating quite a bit of head, but there are no, there, the bubbles are very small inside. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Sierra Nevada is quite, um, quite similar in terms of the carbonation. Um, it's, it's very hoppy. Think of oh, it a normal gosh. sort of Sierra Nevada, but sort of with a, a much heavier sort of taste, much hoppier taste. Um, so the Vickers Cross has a very light floral um, nose. Uh, mm. The head is actually quite... Um, it reminds me of a cream ale, actually. Like it's. Oh yeah. You can see. Yeah. It viscous. It, it, yeah, it's it's quite dense, um, and holds its form even uh, uh, when you poke it, as I just did for uh, Ben's benefit. <laughs> benefit. Um, uh. But um, but this nose is slightly hoppy, kind of floral. Hmm. But sort of, I was expecting, I mean, they obviously didn't dry hop it, because I was expecting with a double IPA to really get that sort of hoppy bitterness in the, in the nose, but it's really smooth, sweet floral. Nice. Good. Oh, wow, that's it. That is an excellent beer. Excellent. So is the Silpedo. This is, I really like this. It's, it's got that big hoppy flavor. So for a double IPA, I'm actually surprised. It's not in your face. The hops okay. are like... Start to finish, um, mm. just nice solid hop taste. Um, no, a little citrus, but again more like floral. But it's just smooth. Like there's no the taste profile is is smooth straight right, right way through. You don't get the sort of dips and valleys of sort of mm. this is the start, this is the mid, this is the finish. Okay. It, you could sort of taste the strengths mm-hmm. in that you're like oh this is strong, but you don't have that strong alcohol taste that goes usually goes with a near 9% beer. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. It's really good. Um, good. Mm-hmm. So, I will move on to a game called Party Hard. Oh, yeah. Which I thought was associated with Andrew WK and the song Party Hard, but it isn't at all. Hmm. Um, it by is associated, a, you mean inspired by or like actually? Quite possibly. There is a, a rock, paper, shotgun a uh, review of the game, which uses um, a lyric from an Andrew, the, the song Party Hard from Andrew WK. Um, but I think that's the only association Fair enough. somebody else has made. But it's a murder simulator, and it's all about a guy who can't sleep because there's a party going on. So at three in the morning, he gets up and goes and murders everybody. So the game is uh, a lot like Hotline Miami in terms of its aesthetics. It's pixelated. It's um, it's almost top-down, but you get a very side view of the characters and um, some of the environments. And you, you are basically the murderer, and you have to go around this party killing people. And to do that, you can either use your knife to stab them, or you can set up traps within the, the party that's going on. So you, you bowl your way into this, um, along the level, you bowl your way into this house, and you can do things like poison um, food or drink. You can drop things on people. You can push them into fires. There's lots of different traps to be able to use to basically kill everybody. Um, um, okay. And it's 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 just fun. It's just really fun. <laughs> what uh, who, do you have an antagonist, like an active antagonist? Or? So you have a uh, there is a storyline that, uh, that uh, a very swift sort of thirty second cutscene in the pixelated style, which um, plays out between each of the uh, levels. And each of the levels are different parties around the USA, um, and it, it tells a story Wait, of. A- so you don't you're trying to sleep, um, but you. So, Keep yeah, in the first level, the... you're trying to sleep and you go downstairs to the party that's going on and then just go on a murderous rampage across the country. I, I, I feel like I'm missing a plot point. So, I'm in a house, people are making noise, I kill them. Why do I go somewhere else where there are parties? There's just like an anti-party movie. Well, why does anyone do anything? 
But like, but there's no like motivate. Like, it doesn't tell you why he. It, it sort of it, it kind of explains it through the story a little bit through these cutscenes as they go on. Um, and the the cutscenes focus on the the cop that's trying to chase you ah, across the country. So, basically, so there is a sort of prime into there is um, that you know uh, the the people that are um, at the party can phone the cops if they find a dead body. Uh, they can phone ambulances to come and pick people up. The FBI can come along, and they can come along. And if they see you committing a crime, or committing murder, they, then cry. the cops will come along and arrest you. And that is game over. And it's very quick in that you can instantly hit that restart level button and go again. And really, you're trying to. It's a bit more stealthy than something like Hotline Miami is. Really, you're not just yeah. You're uh, with Hotline Miami. It's uh, a bit quicker, I think. This this takes a little bit of time. You sort of figure the level out where people go, the paths that they take. Um, you can also dance, and by doing and by dancing, if you stand next to somebody and dance, they might dance with you, or they might tell you to fuck off and beat the shit out of you, or go for a little walk and wander into an empty room where you can follow them and murder them. Interesting. This sounds hmm. Is there a multiplayer game? Uh, no, it's okay. just this. It's just this. So it's but like, it is fun. It, it, it reminds me of a less targeted The Ship. Yeah, yeah, very much, very much. Um, everyone is obviously an NPC because there's no multiplayer. And you've got maybe between 40 and 60 people per level. Uh, and each level is themed. So you may go to like a frat party or a boat part, a party on a boat or uh, a more redneck-based party in a forest, um, and each of them have themed traps to them. Um, but it's nice. Played it on Steam. It's only about a tenner over here. Hmm. So it's I was just uh, going to ask you what platform. So it's a PC game. Yes, yeah. Very easy game to play. Oh, I, I, I looked it up. It's a PC, Mac, and Steam player game. So that is a very swift rundown of Party Hard. Um, it sounds really interesting. I've added it to my wish list. Excellent, excellent. Um, how did you find out about it quickly? Holy Jesus. Well... You've played 9.2 hours of this game. Yeah, it's... it's Nine th- hours? As I say, it's the game I played most over the last, what, we had two weeks since we podcasted yeah. last? I'm so, yeah. surprised because it's, it's a sort of a... It seems well, it's like one a of those games that, game. you can, that you can you can complete the level in about ten minutes. But it's very easy for the cops to get you. Right. Basically, if someone phones the cops, you are, unless you can uh, escape from them, and you can do so by jumping through windows, and the cops will give up after a certain amount of time. That, but then if they're called again, they in the game, not jumping through your operating system. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Not worth interrupting you, I apologize. That's all right, that's all right. So, uh, actually, um, so, as the time is the time, yeah. I have to disappear very soon. So, we shall move on and discuss um, Star Wars Battlefront, the yes. beta. And, and and for those of you paying attention, that's Battlefront the the reboot, not Battlefront One, which was an all right game. Um, one of the games I played the most in the early two thousands, uh, in single player with bots as well as um, as well as uh, online, is Battlefront Two. I fucking yeah. love that game. I oh, I actually purchased it in my era of. Um, game piracy, nice. Uh, and I bought it more recently on Steam, which on uh, say GTA, for example, you can get for a real reasonable price. Mm. It's still super fun. Um, what are your first impressions? Um, I really like it. It's it's got a very Star Wars feel to it. Uh, the music is fantastic. It looks really good. I've been playing it on PS4. I've been playing it on the PC. Uh, there's only two uh, games available. Game modes, yeah. But um, both of them are, are are very fun to play. Yeah. Um, I I have found it maybe feels on one of the game modes, which is the Hoth battle, yeah. slightly unbalanced um, towards the Empire. Which, to be fair, is what it should be because the Rebels fucking got owned in Hearth. Uh, I, I completely agree. There's been a lot of um, people saying, you know, oh, it's a battlefront. You should be able to forge how the battles are, are won. Right. And I think that's, that's fine. That's great. However, in, in, you know, in Star Wars lore, the Battle of Hoth 
was very difficult for the Rebels. They had insurmountable odds. So, within the game, it should be very difficult for you to be able to do this. It should, obviously should be achievable. Yeah, I was going to say. It, it's uh, being a, a, um, made by DICE, who make the Battlefield games. They go uh, against something like Call of Duty as a very um, squad-based team kind of game. Mm -hmm. So you can understand that in something like the Battle of Hoth, which is a a, a difficult game if you're on the Rebels' side, that you maybe need to put in a bit more teamwork um, to be able to uh, achieve what you need to achieve on the level. Um, Yeah, I I, I completely agree. I also think that... um it's refreshing. So one of the things uh, that I that hope will be a topic earlier uh, uh, or later, rather, I should say, I'm hoping is um, the uh, I'd like to talk more about at another time the idea of balance in multiplayer. Yeah. Um, but it's refreshing to not have that even at the. Um, Yeah, I, I even at the uh, map level versus yeah. like it's like like in RTSs you see this a lot. Mm. Um, but uh, like there's it become makes things very superficial and skin based between the the sides. Yeah, in a lot of uh, to a gameplay extent, and I like that. Um, um, I I like that uh, it's it's. That map, yeah. The first time I played it, the half map, I was the rebels, and yep. it wasn't easy. It, it seemed like, oh yeah, I just have to defend these uplinks. So I'll, I'll pick one and defend it, and mm-hmm. and then the walkers strolled in, and you're like, oh right, yep. these don't die easily <sighs> yeah, at yeah. all. They are not like fifty stormtroopers where I could technically use sixty shots with headshots and get them all dead. Mm. Um, but yeah, it, it it was really good. I I have to admit though, I played more of the balanced. Uh, the the other mode is like a capture escape pod mode. Yes, yeah, yeah. And, and to be fair, I also played a lot more of of that level. It's a slightly smaller map. It's uh, unlike the Hoff level, which is very much like Rush from the Battlefield games. Um, it, it's a bit more um, constricted. It's only eight versus eight, whereas Hoth, I think, is twenty versus twenty. Yes, it's um, so it's a, it's a much and the map. map is huge. Yes, Hoth is massive. So those twenty people um, can be in very different places. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and the drop pod mode is on um, the planet which is in the new Force Awakens Scar- film. Which it's the, an S. Yeah, the name it's escapes me as such. Um, but uh, the difference with that is that it's very quick. So you have to collect, or you have to um, get five pods, um, or, get the or most have the most minutes. amount of pods collected um, within a 10-minute time limit, whereas Hoth can go on for sort of 15, 20, I think maybe it's about 15 minutes by the time that the Empire will force their way through, by the time the AT-80s have moved through the level. Um, but it, yeah, it's a lot quicker, it, it seems a lot more balanced than just a lot... Oh, yeah better, I think, than the Hoth battle, which seems more like a set piece, which seems like a selling point, but something that maybe came a little bit later. Yeah, I, I felt like it had to be in the beta. Mm. That's how mm. I felt. It shows off the vehicle-ish combat. Yep. Yeah. Um, you can, yeah, you can jump into the AT-80s, or you can jump into an, S- an AT-ST. You've got X-Wing, A-Wing, um, but, tie fighters, tie interceptors that you can jump into. So it does show off a bit of that vehicle combat in that level. But it also ends up highlighting my biggest complaint with the game. Okay. Well, yeah. Which is no more space battles. Uh, yeah, it would have been nice. Battlefront 2, the space battles, were, the maps were actually quite small for space and the objectives were really um, meh. Yeah. But they, at the same time, it was super fun. I think this it, is the, like a pared-down version, isn't it? Well, part of it was in Battlefront 2, um, which can't be confused with Battlefront 2 coming in 2017, um, was 
the it did not take anyone that much effort to figure out how to fly a spaceship in that game. Yes, yeah. it was dumbed down. It was you couldn't do a lot of like you had a boost. You, you that was pretty much the only thing where with at least with the X wings and stuff you would do like a loop to loop like a to mm-hmm. avoid um, a lock on. Yep. Other than that, there was pretty much no evasive maneuvers that would get you rid of the lock on. Super yeah, simple combat. Yeah. You push a button or you don't push the button. You get hit or you don't get hit. But at the same time, it was a lot of fun. And I think a yeah. lot of that has to do with the fact that it's a Star Wars game. And you know what? Mm-hmm. I want to easily fucking fly an X-Wing and make it seem like uh, things are going super well and I'm part of Rogue Squ- Rogue Squadron. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And... and uh, that's how it should be, and the fact that they have X-Wings and Y-Wings flying on the planet level but didn't bother with space means, I'm thinking, either DLC, because yeah. clearly they have the mechanics down, or they just couldn't be bothered to figure out how things go. Yeah, definitely. So, that is our very brief discussion about Star Wars Battlefront. We will have a, a larger discussion, and possibly a video up at the end of this weekend, although then the podcast comes after the weekend. So you may have seen that already. But this is the end of the podcast. We have been tanked up. You can get us on Twitter at tankedup underscore cast. I'm, as always, at Nova underscore 47. Adel is at the Omniarch. And you, and can, you find can find us. find us on Facebook. You can find us on YouTube, all as tanked up uh, on YouTube with tanked up cast. Or you can email us at tankedup.cast at gmail.com. That's been us for another week. Oh, just one quick second. Um, yes. Name your beer of the week. Oh, uh, very difficult to pick. I think I'll go for the Harbour IPA. Okay. Mine's definitely the Bockney Rock, although uh, if you aren't into hops, the Sir John A's is a very smooth, solid beer. Excellent. Good. So we shall catch you soon. Sounds good. Bye. Ciao. Sweet. Awesome. Cool. Yeah, so basically I still have a hard-on for Battlefront too. <laughs> yeah, no, that's fair. It's a fantastic game.